Welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our spiritual walk and teaching profession should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. This podcast is brought to you by the Herzog Foundation. However, the views and opinions expressed in this program are my own and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Herzog Foundation. I'm so excited today to talk to you about the fulcrum or the essential element that enables us to make a difference. And if you've joined us, you know we've been talking about this in this series. This series is called This Little Light of Mine, and it's about shining for Christ in the classroom. And our theme verse has been John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And I just want to reaffirm how we know We know that our world is challenging. It feels like it's getting darker and darker. But we have an amazing opportunity to shine the light and love of Christ in the midst of this confused and uncertain world. And that's exactly what Christ has called Christians to in every generation and certainly in ours. So far in episode one, we talked about the fuel, the perspective we need to enable us to shine, the perspective that we are serving God and that he is with us. Then in episode two, we talked about the foundation for shining, how when we build and maintain credibility, that provides that important foundation and can grow our impact. Last week, we talked about the foils or the things that can distract us and minimize our ability to shine, namely stress, overwhelm, and discouragement. Today, we're on to the fulcrum. In other words, the essential thing or tipping point that enables us to make an impact, and that is our relationships with our students. Relationships play such an important role both in teaching and in making an impact on our students' lives. This is not news to you. You are perfectly aware of that. But just because we know that this is important, that certainly doesn't mean that it's easy. So what I want to do in this episode There's so much we could say about relationships, but what we're going to do is, first of all, we're going to think about this in relationship to the big picture gospel framework. Then we are going to consider some ways that um, the Holy Spirit can work in our lives and in our relationships. Um, Then we're going to talk about a few practical ideas and tools that can help you. And then I'm going to refer you to an incredible summit session coming up at our Rise Up Summit uh, that will give you even more ideas. And you can get all the info about the Rise Up Summit coming up here pretty soon at riseupchristianeducators.com. All right, we're going to start out by thinking about relationships with both our students and others from a gospel big picture framework. Okay, and what I mean by this, you've probably heard me, if you've been listening to this podcast for long, you've heard me do this before. The big picture story of the gospel has four acts or four movements, creation, the fall, the curse, the cross or redemption, and then consummation or glory. In other words, heaven in the future. So we want to think how, what, what, what effect do each of those movements have on relationships? You want to think about relationships in relationship to all four of those pieces. So first of all, creation. We want to think, what does this have to do with our relationships? Well, the reality is that from the beginning, when God made the world, God created us to live in perfect relationship both with him and with each other. So God's original design 
was perfect relationships with no sin and no problems and no troubles. It was absolute perfection. We were in perfect relationship with him and relationships with each other as well. But it didn't stay there. What happened with the corruption or the curse of the fall, right? At the fall, sin entered the world. And sin immediately started to damage relationships, right? Adam and Eve immediately started pointing fingers at each other. It was her. It was him. It was the serpent. And from there, there's been strife and difficulty in our relationships. Sometimes it's a direct result of sin. Sometimes it's my sin. Sometimes it's someone else's sin that directly affects relationships. Other times, it's just the result of the curse and living in a broken world that can really cause a lot of things, right? Misunderstandings, for example, um, you know, are a result of living in a broken world. Sometimes there's outside pressures that affect relationships or going through difficult things. So both sin and just the curse of sin really do a lot of damage to our relationships. It makes them really, really difficult to navigate. And that's where we are. But thankfully, God doesn't leave us after the curse, right? He sent Jesus on the cross. And Christ on the cross not only restored our relationship with God, but he makes us part of his family. So in him, every single believer is our brother and sister. He also gives us the Holy Spirit in our hearts, and he works in us to develop his fruit And to reconcile, not only reconcile us to God, but reconcile us to each other, particularly within the body of Christ, but also to give us the attitudes and demeanor of Christ so that when we interact with others, we can be a reflection of him. That is the work that God is doing in us. But it's not complete yet. He is working that in us. One day, and this is act four, consummation or glory, one day— in heaven, in the absence of sin, God will complete that work. We will be sinless, we will be perfect, and our relationships will be perfect. No sin marring them, no curse of sin marring them. So I hope you've enjoyed kind of this flyover of this big picture gospel framework. It really helps frame where are we, right? This is what God designed. It's been messed up by sin, but God is in the process of restoring it. And as much as we yield, as we yield to him, he He does restore and he does help us and he does work, but it's not going to be perfect until we get to heaven. We live right now in the already but not yet. I don't know if you've heard that terminology. I I love it. I find it so helpful. The fact that God is already doing this, but it's not yet complete. Um, And that's where we live right now. So in this time, right now, right here with our students in the classroom, with our coworkers, with our admin, we need to yield to the Holy Spirit. We need to yield to the work that God is seeking to do in our hearts. And once again, The fruit of the Spirit is making its way back into this series. And that is a good thing because honestly, one of the best ways we shine is when we reflect Christ and when the Holy Spirit is putting his fruit in us. So this is coming up over and over intentionally. We need this. We we need this so much in our hearts and we need to understand this. And once again, I'm going to say it again. We can't just like work really hard and make the fruit appear. 
It is the work of the Spirit in our lives. But we need to recognize what does the fruit look like so that we recognize this is what the Spirit is trying to do. This is what my response should look like so that I can then yield to the Spirit as he points me in that direction and make the right choices when I don't know what to do, right? So what I want to do right now is I want to actually go through all nine fruits of the Spirit. We've mentioned them already quite a few times in this podcast, this series, but I want to go through them. And think about how they relate specifically to our relationships with our students. Because if we are producing these, if, if not, we, we aren't producing the fruits. If we are demonstrating this fruit as a result of the Spirit's work in our life, that is going to glorify God and it's going to foster healthy relationships with our students that are going to enable us to really make an impact because they trust us and that relationship is there. So first of all, love. Do we genuinely love and care about our students. Something to think about, something to pray about if you feel like maybe it's a little bit absent or definitely or struggling with a particular student. So love. Joy. Do we teach with joy or are we miserable to be around? Once again, if we're recognizing, it's important to recognize where the shortfalls come so that we can then Pray about it. We can we can then surrender that to God. We can repent if needed and, and turn to him and ask him, God, change me in this area. So love, joy, peace. Do we bring an anxious vibe to our classroom? Is our classroom marked? Are we, are we bringing anxiety into our classroom or peace? Are we allowing his peace to fill us and to fill our classroom and to spill out of us? Next one, patience. Are we patient with our students? Are we patient when they annoy us? Or no, I I don't have patience. Kindness. Are we kind or are we mean? God doesn't give us an option to be kind. It is a requirement of the Christian life. Um, That now, as we talk about in classroom management, that doesn't mean you let everything go. We absolutely need to have high standards and hold students to them and hold them accountable and all of that. But you don't have to be mean to do that. Um, God calls us to be kind. Um, that it's non-negotiable. Um, goodness. Do we seek the good of our students? Do we seek the good of our colleagues? Um, goodness. Faithfulness. Are we trusting God? Are we faithful to his word? Are we relying on his word and remaining true to it? Gentleness. Are we gentle or are we harsh? Once again, this it, this isn't really given as an option of our personality. Um, God calls us to gentleness. Jesus described himself as gentle and lowly in spirit. Um, are we demonstrating that? Are we asking God to grow us in that if it's an area that we struggle? And then finally, self-control. Somewhat self-explanatory, but let's think about it. Do I have self-control when I'm upset? Or do I fly off the handle on a regular basis? Now, as I mentioned these, there is not a single one of us that is like, yep, I got all of them. I'm doing great in all nine. (laughs) It's just not the reality, right? This is super convicting to me as I read them. And I'm guessing it's convicting to you too. I'm guessing there's at least one or two that you're like, yeah, that one is a struggle for me. And that's not meant to be what what God does not call us to live in, um, you know, the attitude of defeatism. 
in Christ, God has made us righteous in Christ. He has forgiven all of our sin and he has declared us righteous. That is the reality. So we do not need to live in guilt. But what we do need to do is recognize that God is seeking to sanctify us. He is seeking to make us more like Christ. And part of that is is uh, part of that growth is continual repentance. It's a recognizing I am wrong in this area, a repenting of it and giving it over to God and saying, God, change me, change how I how I do this. And then when it comes up, when we're te- when we're sitting there in that moment and going, oh, how do I respond? Remembering, no, I've repented of this. I'm going to yield to God rather than yielding to my flesh, which wants to respond the way my flesh wants to respond. And repenting and going get back to God over and over. So if you're convicted by one of these, I want to encourage you, repent. Ask God for help um, and and be encouraged by the fact that God is at work in you. He is working in all of us. None of us are there. None of us have arrived. We all are growing. Um, and as God grows us, that is cause for such great rejoicing. But these fruits can be such a helpful, I don't know if marker is the right word, but just a, a helpful thing of looking at of this is what God wants us. This is how God wants us to act towards our students. This is how God wants us to behave in the classroom. And this is what's going to foster amazing relationships with our students. So hold that out as the standard. This is what we're shooting for. This is what we want to do. And then um, be encouraged as God grows that fruit in you. So as I said, these fruits help foster relationships with our students as we grow in love and peace and joy. These overflow out of us and water our relationships and help them grow and flourish beautifully. Um, so that I think is is so key. But moving on from there, we do still need to be intentional about getting to know our students and showing them that we care. So let's talk a little bit about that. We're taking a quick break to share a bit about our partner, the Herzog Foundation. The Herzog Foundation supports Christian schools in a variety of ways, but one way I highly recommend is their leadership trainings. They offer free in-person trainings to school leaders on a variety of important topics like donor development, marketing and enrollment, strategic planning, culture building, and more. Not only are the trainings free, but lodging and meals are also covered by the Herzog Foundation. So that means your school's only cost is airfare to get to the event. My friend Nancy is a school leader at the the school my kids attend, and she participated in one of these events last spring and told me it was absolutely amazing. So if you're at a Christian school, I highly recommend checking these out and recommending them to your school admins. You can find info by going to HerzogFoundation.com and clicking the events tag at the top of the page. That's HerzogFoundation.com and click the events tab. Now back to our conversation. There's a lot that we can say about how we can get to know our students and specifically show them that we care and and work intentionally on building the relationship. Um, But I just have a few things that I'm going to share now. Like I said, there's like whole books have been written about this, but a few ideas that I wanted to leave you with before we wrap up today. I want to share with you a few different ideas, a few different relationship building tools. So the first one is a letter to the teacher. This is a simple activity that you can do with any students that are old enough to be able to write. Um, You can give them just a few minutes and have them write you a letter. Um, You can let them write whatever they want, or you can give a specific prompt. This is a really great way to get to know them without taking a lot of class time. Then you can just read through them as your leisure. You can jot a note back and hand it back to them, or you can simply collect them and look through them. 
Another great relationship building tool is attending students' extracurricular events. I know this isn't always possible. I know when I taught, I um, lived really far away from the school and it was really difficult to get back and forth to, you know, evening games and things like that. But as you are able to, attending someone's extracurricular can be just such a huge boost to the relationship. So definitely something to consider. And also consider that it doesn't mean you have to go to every game. Um, If you can get to a key game and mention it to the student, that's going to mean that that can really mean a lot to them, especially if it's a student that you're struggling with, and they might feel like you don't care about them to make that effort and to bring up something that they care and passionate about to them can really be impactful. Another thing you can do is just ask about their life outside of class, right? Um, Have opportunities where you get to know your students in that way. Another thing that's coming to my mind um, is, and this can help build relationships with the students and also amongst students, is um, using a morning meeting in elementary school or using a, um, like using morning meetings as like a class advisory if you have like a homeroom or class advisory in middle school and high school. We talk about that in Beyond Classroom Management, but there's all kinds of resources um, about morning meetings online. If you Google it, um, you can find a whole lot there as well. Now, there's a couple concepts that we talk about a lot for challenging students in particular. Um, It's important to recognize that when you have those few students that are extra challenging, you might need to put extra effort into building the relationship with them. Stephen Covey talks about this concept in Seven Habits of uh, Highly Effective People. He talks about an emotional bank account, (laughs) the idea that kind of like everyone has this like emotional bank account where we have like relationship capital in there. And when we show students we care uh, or anybody, but I'm applying it to students, if we show them we care, we show empathy, like the more they can tell that we care about them and then we build that relationship, it's like we're building up that, you know, money in the bank account. But then when we have to discipline a student or correct or like have a hard conversation, it's like we're making a withdrawal. So there's deposits going in, withdrawals going out. And if we have students that we're having to make a lot of withdrawals because it's a difficult situation, we're going to bounce those checks if we're not putting extra into that account. So we need to do sometimes put a little bit of extra effort into building relationships with our challenging students and two strategies that a lot of teachers have been help, found helpful. One is the two by 10 strategy. You might have heard me talk about this before. It's where you identify a student that you want to build a relationship with or improve your relationship and you talk to them for two minutes a day for 10 days. And it can be about anything. I mean, particularly not school related is probably even better, um, but you just simply talk to them and just that shows them that I see you as more than just a troublesome student and it helps build the relationship. Now, if you teach elementary, the two minutes a day is pretty realistic. But if you teach high school, you might say, yeah, I don't even have two minutes a day with these students. It's so, you know, the time is so limited. So a one sentence intervention is just kind of a shortened version of that um, where you just simply uh, make a list of things that you recognize about the student. They don't even have to be like necessarily like a wonderful trait. It could be, I notice you like to wear interesting shoes, or I notice you are into art or whatever, um, whatever it is. So you write down a list of things you notice about the student, and then you just, you know, drop them about, you know, one a day for a week or two, or one every other day for a week or two and say, hey, you know, I noticed you really like art a lot. I noticed that. And you just say these things to the student that you notice about them. And once again, you're showing that student, I see you as more than a discipline problem. I I see the things that you're interested in, and that matters to me. And I think that can be just so helpful in building relationships. The truth is that God designed us for relationships. Sometimes they're a blessing. Sometimes they're difficult. But God is at work. He uses us in each other's lives. And he's given you as a teacher a unique opportunity to impact your students. 
and relationships with them is a huge, huge key. Remember, though, as you think about this, our perspective, right? We are on mission with God and we work for him. He is with us. And so he doesn't call us to worry or stress. We're simply called to seek him each day. And remember that we're ultimately working for him. We're called to be faithful with him and trust him with the results. Before we move into our time of prayer, though, I do want to invite you to a couple key sessions coming up at the Rise Up Summit if you want more help with building relationships and more practical ideas. Um, First of all, our kickoff session with Mark Batterson, we're going to be talking about ways to build uh, some keys to building relationships with students using three simple words. I think you're really going to enjoy that kickoff session on Thursday night. It's completely free. You can sign up at riseupchristianeducators.com. We also have Susan Quindag joining us to talk about a relational response to racism. So if you've had um, any struggles or questions in relationship to um, racism and um, trying to combat that, uh, then I think you're really going to find her session on that relational response really helpful and practical in that regard. So we warmly invite you to join us at the Rise Up Summit this year. Let's take just a moment and pray together. Father, thank you that you're with us and thank you that you desire to grow us in our relationships. Teacher, take just a moment and think back over that fruit of the Spirit. Which one of those really stood out to you? Um, Confess as you need to and ask God to grow you in that area. Next, ask God to grow your relationships with your students. And if any particular student comes to mind, pray about that specific relationship. Father, we thank you that you're at work. We pray that you will work and grow the relationships for each teacher and their students, that you'll use them mightily for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you again for being with us. Once again, all of the notes and the links that we mentioned can be found at teachfortheheart.com slash shine. And we do hope that you'll join us at the Rise Up Summit for these sessions regarding relationships and any other sessions that are of interest to you. We have amazing sessions on three different topics. Some are about how to teach effectively. Others are about overcoming stress and overwhelm. And the third group is about how we can shine for Christ and gets into really a lot of the practicalities of that. So join us at riseupchristianeducators.com. Everything is completely free the weekend of the event. There is an opportunity also to purchase an all-access pass if you prefer to keep access and be able to watch at your own pace throughout the year. So you can find out all about that and sign up for free at riseupchristianeducators.com. And if you do enjoy enjoy this podcast and you want to support us, the best thing that you can do is to share the Rise Up Summit with a friend or colleague and invite them to join you as well. Well, this podcast is brought to you by the Herzog Foundation, and I can't wait to be with you again next week as we will wrap up this series and talk about the fruit. We're actually going to talk finally about how do we reach students' hearts and some specific ways um, that you can particularly make a difference in your students' hearts and lives. 
In the meantime, teacher, remember, God is at work in you and through you, and he's using you to make a difference. Keep your eyes on him and teach for the heart.